Hi, this is Olivia Berkman, and this is the Financial Executive Podcast. In this episode, I spoke with Crow's first chief diversity officer. Chris Mitchell has been with Crow for six years, serving as a consulting principal within the technology, media, and telecommunications services group. In his new role as chief diversity officer, he's responsible for driving an innovative and programmatic agenda to support a culture of inclusion in line with the firm's vision and strategy. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be the company's first chief diversity officer. You know, I get that question a lot, and I'd like to say I started out my career thinking I would be a chief diversity officer, uh, and that was not the case. When I started in public accounting uh, 27 years ago, um, with my focus on mainly governance compliance work, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was always involved and in, in very um, intentional about being involved in recruiting and, and understanding one, what it's like to be a black man in corporate America, because I experienced that firsthand, but just being involved in all kinds of activity as it relates to, you know, business resource groups or whether it was, you know, helping out and making sure I go to the right schools and be plugged into recruiting. But I just was active. I was always curious to making sure that I had opportunity and others like me had opportunity. So that's how I got started. And then you know, as I've grown in, in my career and I've had an opportunity presented to me, uh, I found my way being executive leader for business resource groups. I found myself in roles where I was um, leading it from a recruiting perspective at various universities. And then at the end of the day, you know, a while back, it was presented to me well before all the events of last year, what I thought about being more involved as it relates to DEI. And I said, absolutely. And it's been a passion of mine for many, many years. And, I, and now I have the opportunity just to live a dream. So I'm excited to be doing what I'm doing and uh, definitely excited to be working with Grow. Amazing. And you mentioned earlier just the experience of being a black man in corporate America. And I'd, I'd love to know if you coming up in, in accounting, did you see many people of color in leadership positions? You know, I did. I actually started my career in, uh, in the military. So I did see black leaders and I had experience to uh, professionals at, at various levels. And when I graduated and, and came to the civilian sector, I had plugged into financial institutions and I worked in key roles. And I did see a lot of uh, senior leaders at those organizations that were African-American. Um, so it's not something that I didn't see, but I, I knew it wasn't easy because I've had mentors and coaches along the way that have helped me understand what that environment looks like and who I am and how to represent myself. And, you know, back then you were pulled aside and say, well, you know, this is the, the opportunity that you have and you need to make the most of it. And those mentors and those coaches are the reason why I'm here doing what I'm doing today. So I'm thankful to them, but uh, absolutely exposed to them and, and had an opportunity to work very closely with them to get to uh, develop my skills and uh, to get better and further along in my career. Mm. So you really understand the benefit of seeing people like you uh, in the profession. And so I can understand now why that would be something that would be close to your heart. And I'd like to kind of dive into that a little bit. What do you think needs to really change when it comes to hiring and promotion practices in finance and accounting? What jumps out at you as problematic or something that you would love to fix? 
You know, when I think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, I think about promotion, I think about recruiting nowadays. And our profession has just changed so much over the last 10 years that it's not as interesting as it used to be. And I think the focus and how we uh, portray this as we go forward, and it's not just um, when I think about underrepresented groups and then being involved in this profession, it's everyone. But just getting and working at the various levels, whether that is high school, whether that is at the college level, being plugged into various institutions, whether it's historically black colleges, and just sharing the story and what it is and how it's changing and being transparent enough with leadership where we've got them on our team and they're helping us solve that problem as well. So what I think needs to focus, uh, what needs to change is that we need to spice it up. We need to tell the truth. We need to bring to the table and there's consulting involved. You can do anything and everything within this profession, whether you're black, white, male, female, what have you. I think there's a tremendous opportunity in place for this and a lot of careers and just give it a shot because I think the gains and the, and the returns would be good. Mm-hmm. So you're the firm's first chief diversity officer. If someone else with a similar background to yours is interested in one day filling a role like that, what are some kind of experiences that you've had or some choices that you've made that you think have prepared you well to take on this type of role? You know, when I think about it, I get this question a lot now because there are a lot of opportunities are out there in the market for someone like me. I say, what, what prepared me? One is just being involved and plugged in when it comes to recruiting and understanding who you are as a person, whether you're from a certain, a certain ethnic background or of a certain gender, you know, it, it really is up to you to, to bring some light to it and understand um, what's important to you. It, you would think that it's a, it's a canned profile or background that makes a good chief diversity officer. It's just being involved in your community and plugged in and wanting to make a difference and taking it serious. I didn't start out being a, a partner at a public accounting firm. I learned and I got comfortable as it relates to my technique, uh, as it relates to certain methodology and, and guidance. And I just kind of have grown into this role. And it's the same with been a CDO. I mean, I started out as a black man in corporate America. Okay, I was plugged into various organizations. I've been involved with NABA, National Association of Black Accountants. I've been involved in a lot of with a lot of organizations. And through those experiences, I think I've gained something. I've gained confidence. I've gained an understanding and an awareness of what it takes to be a professional. And you've got to want to share you know, your experiences to make others better. And I never wanted anyone to experience exactly what I experienced coming up and through the system. Um, because I wanted to make it easier and being a mentor and being a coach and being plugged in into those roles as well has allowed me to evolve and, and, and kind of be where I'm at today. Not to say that I'm good at it because I don't know who, who would say they're good at anything as we continue to explore and experience, but I feel comfortable. I know that we're making a difference for what we're doing at Crow. I don't know where other organizations are, but I'm confident in, in what our leadership is doing and where we're headed. So I don't want to pry, but if you don't mind, I'd love for you to expand a little bit on the experience that you has, because you said you wouldn't necessarily want someone else to have the same experience as you. You'd like them to have an easier experience. So could you maybe tell me a little bit more about what that, you know, what you're talking about there? When I, when I had started initially within corporate America, I wasn't familiar with a business resource group. 
I wasn't familiar with affinity groups and these networks that would help me feel more comfortable being a part of an organization. Someone to pull me aside and say, well, hey, Chris, these are the programs that we've set up and we're very intentional about making sure you feel like you include it. We've got so much more infrastructure in place today than we had back then. Uh, I just walked in and I was new to the organization and no one was there to greet me. Sometimes maybe I felt a little different, but I didn't allow it to stop me from moving forward because I didn't see anyone that looked like me. Mm-hmm. I started in a smaller public accounting firm many, many years ago, and I was the only black professional at the firm. And there were 150 professionals at the firm. So what do you do in a situation like that? You step up, you know, you step into your role, uh, you try and be successful and you hope that everyone will give you the same opportunity and you feel like you're included. Now, I didn't feel like I was, you know, by any means eliminated from the process, but it's just a lot easier to, to feel that sense of comfort. Uh, I think if I had the infrastructure that we have today, then maybe I would have been more successful. Maybe it would have been a lot easier for me. Maybe I wouldn't have been as stressed. I don't know. Yeah. But I can, I can tell you this, I definitely want to make sure that that infrastructure exists. So others that come after me can adapt and adjust a lot quicker and a lot easier than I did. And so you brought up inclusion. What does an inclusive workplace look like for a a workforce that is remote? You know, that's a very good question because we all feel like we're isolated now. (laughs) Before, if you didn't invite me to lunch, I'd say, well, maybe you're not including me. Okay. But nobody's going to lunch and no one's hanging out, but there's always things that are going on. Okay, there are events, there are virtual happy hours, there are opportunities for me to be more involved within the organization as it continues to grow and touch the, the marketplace. Am I included within those activities? There are virtual recruiting exercises now. There are interview processes. There are a lot of ways in which we feel like we're a part of the team. Now, it's unique to each and every individual. Okay, my experience was just, hey, man, if you guys are you know, going out and I like recruiting and you're including me in that exercise and there's an avenue for me, then maybe I feel like I'm included. Inclusivity is a hard thing to solve for, but, you know, just being cognizant of the virtual equation and understanding the wellness aspect of it, because we are isolated. There's a reason why prison works (laughs) for some, okay? Because isolation, isolation makes you think. Isolation will... Uh, make you crave, you know, being around others and and doing the right thing. So um, how do we get out of this? I think we're coming out of it. I think we're having a conversation today. It's changed. Okay. To see folks on zoom and to be plugged in the way we are, but what we do internal the walls approach is make sure that we're available, make sure we're having those one-on-one interviews and those check-in. If I'm your coach, I'm not leaving you out on the island to try and figure it out. If you're not calling, you're not plugging in to group meetings like I think you should, again, the outreach is completely different. Okay. Well, the talk about wellness is completely different. So it's different. You have to be more intentional about the outreach and making sure those folks have tools and resources available to help them given the current equation. You mentioned outreach and, and one-on-one conversations and an emphasis on wellness what else do you focus on in this role? What do you hope to accomplish in the role? What are some specific things that you think will move the needle? You know, our North Star is you need to be able to bring your authentic self to work every day and be successful. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very broad. Mm-hmm. But underneath that are a lot of different pillars that make us successful as it relates to this. 
I want you to feel comfortable when you enter the doors of Crow. Okay, whether we build out the affinity groups, whether we have a, a network group in place for you to come on board and feel comfortable, where we're sharing our message and our story with you from day one, so you understand what our strategy and our key initiatives are, whether we're, we're recruiting at the right universities to find the talent, okay, and embedding folks within that process to make us successful. We're not overlooking one particular business unit. They all need to be on board. Our leaders need to be plugged into this overall vision of what we have for success for DEI. Um, and what I've seen is that given the evolution of the Inclusion Excellence Council that we have at the firm, we have a lot of folks embed, embedded within that, not just people that look like me, but from every walks and backgrounds. And we're all working together, together collectively to make us successful. So that's the way it looks. It doesn't look like a Chris, an effort Chris is it looks like something that we're doing as an organization. We're teaming, we're working together to make Crow successful given the design of our organization. I see all these other firms out there. I see all these other organizations and I'm certain that they're successful, um, but we're trying to do something unique for our business and our organization. And that's, again, that's what it looks like. If it was just me doing it and I tell the broad audience each and every day, it's not just Chris. You know, we've got a small army behind us here at Crow that make us successful in this area. So that's what it looks like. It looks like we're teaming. It looks like we're working together. It looks like any partner in my firm can answer the question if it comes their way as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion. Any staff level person knows about our key initiatives and feel comfortable in it and are able to share those. So that's what success looks like. And that sense of belonging, like I mentioned earlier, is hard to understand. And it's, it's different for each and every person. But if people feel like they're included, they feel like they belong, belong, excuse me, they belong, you will see, I will see personally from a KPI perspective, retention. And I'll see that I'm keeping folks and they're not leaving, but I really don't know how everybody's feeling. But when I share my surveys and I get the feedback from the, uh, the broad audience, I can tell where we are. I mean, there's a point system and we know exactly how well we're doing at any given time but it still does not stop us from the, the personal one-on-one -on -one outreach. We've gotten the most return from that. And that's my being intentional, my having my 10 interviews a month with various individuals within the firm to understand their take and their understanding as to how we're we doing and, and what else they need in order to be successful. Hmm. Is a lot of the feedback that you're getting sort of consistent? Is it all across the board? Like how do you kind of take that in and decide what is something to act on? And how do you make those decisions? And that's a very good question. The feedback I get is unique to each and every individual. Everybody needs something different. Right. I mean, sometimes it's the same. Well, maybe my, I need a new coach. You know, maybe I need additional training. Maybe I need to be in a different role within the firm. So it just depends. So it's all relevant. It's all important. That's what makes it such a challenge. I wouldn't know this unless I had that one-on-one -on -one outreach. And you go from one group to the next group to the next group, and it's different from group to group. So, and it's different from level to level. I bet. Okay, you think you're doing good with your staff, but then my partner may come to me and say, well, what about this? You know, and I think I need X. So you're constantly changing the system. High level, obviously, we've got key pillars in place as it relates to education and recruitment and retention 
and metrics and how we show up within the market. Okay, but within those pillars, there, there are more details and intricacies that come into play. And we try and make it unique for each and every individual. So if you can imagine getting together, having those one-on-one conversations, and then later having your CEO and your COO be a part of focus groups, and you're going back through this data, and you're serving it back up to that audience, and you're getting additional clarity. And then that, of course, leads to us you know, developing additional initiatives and how we function and how we operate go forward. That's pretty much what it looks like, which is all over the map. So there's no one size fits all. I understand that now. I'm comfortable as a CDO, understanding I've got to change and shift as we, and pivot with my strategy on the fly. If not, I'm going to miss something or I'm going to miss someone. Right, so. right. I'd love for you to just tell me a little bit more about that Inclusion Excellence uh, Council. The Inclusion Excellence Council, we realized right off the bat that we could not do this without the support of leadership. And I immediately convened all our key leaders within the organization, which is the CEO, the COO, key BU leaders, okay, those who are in key positions within various business resource groups, and on and on and on. Now we have a council of about 50 of our key leaders, and we come together and we think through what that strategy needs to be for us as an organization. So on top of all of the feedback we're getting from the one-on-ones that turns to focus groups, we're taking that feedback and working collectively as a leadership council to figure out what the next steps are for us as an organization. And that's what makes it complicated because now I've got all my leaders involved. Everyone has got their things that they want to do. Okay. Um, I think within our, well, I know within our transparency report that's coming out before the end of the year, you'll be able to see exactly what we've been through, exactly what we're focused on to make us better. I say this, and it's not a disclaimer. It's just that, we're not where we want to be. I can look at our numbers. I can look at our data and say, hey, we can do better. Okay. I think we can create different programs. I think we need to design things a little differently. But that Inclusive Excellence Council helps arrive at what those initiatives are. And they are part of that, those one-on-one interviews. I don't go out and I do the interviews alone. I've got my leadership team that go, they'll go and they'll have 10, 20 interviews. So if everybody's doing 10 or 20 interviews and we do them on a monthly basis and we're constantly touching and we have the surveys out there, hopefully we're not missing anything and we're growing, but there's always something that we've overlooked and could have been done better. And we hear about that too, because it comes in in other ways. I got to have a, a lot of sidebar conversations and discussions just, you know, out of, out of nowhere impromptu. And um, I'm comfortable picking up the phone or, you know, answering an email and setting up a meeting and, and having further conversations. So something's always happening. But I know that's a roundabout way of getting back to the Inclusive Excellence Council, but they're so important to our success here at the firm. I am curious, too, about the transparency report. The transparency report, what it is, it's a document that captures our vision and our journey as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Obviously, we'll have all our metrics in there so you can see exactly where we are. But more than anything, it will outline our commitments and what we want to happen over the next five years, how we personally want to move the needle as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion, internal walls of growth and external to the market. So you'll, you'll hear about or you'll see all of our key initiatives outlined. You'll understand exactly what our plans are to be, get better in certain areas. You'll get feedback from our people. There are many, many, many quotes within the document. And it's a collective effort. 
there are key stakeholders from every part of the organization that's been a part of pulling this document together. And I'm excited to say that we can share it with the broader market. It's been done by many firms already, but I think we're unique. You know, Crow is going to put our spin on it. Okay. We're not afraid to share where we are and what our story is, but I think it's going to help. It's going to help uh, organizations or clients, you know, uh, understand where we are, peer firms, understand how serious we're, we've taken this and where our leadership is and making sure we continue to build out that infrastructure. I had a leader many years ago said, you know, DNI cannot be done over a year. You know, this journey is forever. And that's what we're about. We're about showing what that looks like for us, what success looks like for us in five years, understanding that we need to do this. This is a forever thing, not a one day thing. Your passion is, is so evident. Could you share with me just what the appointment really meant to you? <laughs> that's like when I was you know, made partner at the firm. I said, what did that mean to you? I didn't even know it was coming to be quite honest. Um, it's been talked about, my CEO pulled me aside and say, hey, there may be an opportunity for you to help us out in a different way, would you be interested? So when it happened, I was overwhelmed, just like anyone would be. I mean, this was before uh, the George Floyd equation and events of last year, and I was busy in trying to understand what would it mean for us to be successful? So it created a fair amount of stress, but I was excited. I was excited that we were going down this path. I know how important it is, and now it's even Someone asked me, did you know that being a CDO last year, you know, being appointed, all of that would happen? Absolutely not. But we were ready for it. And it's strange, but we were able to come together. We were able to rally around one another. We had built out the infrastructure where we could address the needs of our people. So um, in full transparency, I was nervous and excited at the same time. And I see what we've done so far and kind of where we're headed. And I have a team behind me that works specifically on DE&I and they work around the clock to make us successful. And so I built up those relationships and uh, I want us all to be successful at the firm, not just DE&I professionals, but all of us to be successful. So uh, I'm excited to be on this journey and I'm excited where we're headed. So that's kind of where I am right now. I don't look too far ahead. I've been, I've been told, Chris, you always focus like right then and there on the present because that's all, that's all I feel like I can control is what's going on in the moment. So that's what I'm, you know, I'm excited that, and I know that we're doing the right things and it will be evident within our transparency. Thank you for sharing all of this with us. Anything else that you want to touch on before we wrap up? The only thing I touch on is understanding where the world is right now. And it's a place of, of change. There's so many things coming from a lot of different directions. And this is just one thing. Okay. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is one of, of many things that are, that are going on that are going to make us uh, look at things differently. And, you know, we all just need to roll up our sleeves and plug in because this ride, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bumpy. Okay. But we're all headed in the same direction, which means we're all moving forward. So I just want folks to know that. Okay. Cause I know changes, everyone looks at change a little differently, but that is going to happen for many, many, many years to come. So, uh, I'm excited for it. Okay. I embrace change. Okay. The volatility and, and kind of all that's out there right now. Um, you just have to do what you have to do, roll up your sleeves and move forward. And I'm not trying to simplify it, 
Okay. I think that's why we've been so successful as a firm in coming together because we roll up our sleeves and whatever it comes next, we address it. So I just encourage everyone to have that similar mindset. And I think we'll all be okay. That's all I know. We'll be okay. <laughs> well said. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. And I really uh, appreciate your thoughtfulness here and appreciate the work that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. 